0: a woo a hand-clapper, a high-fiver. I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void are prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. The opinions, viewpoints, and promises made during the following program are not those of
1: WGY. It's staff, Management or parent company I Heart media Welcome to Life Happens Radio with attorneys from Pierre, O'Connor, and Strauss every Saturday at 11 a.m. on News Radio 810 and 1031 WGY. Good morning,
2: everyone, and welcome to Life Happens Radio, your weekly radio broadcast that brings you ideas, thoughts, plans to help you shape your future and help you prepare. retirement, prepare for college education for your children, looking at health care, long-term care, all the issues that affect us as we grow and age. And I'm very happy to have in studio with me today, uh, one of our co-hosts for many years here on Life Happens Radio, Mr. Bob Vandy. Good morning, Bob.
1: Good morning, Lou. Great to be here.
2: We have a very special show for you today. Uh, One of the things that's coming up is something that our law firm and I am part of Piero, Connor, and Strauss. We've been doing something called the Elder Law Forum. This is our 27th annual Elder Law Forum, and it's, a, it's become a, a day of information, innovation, and looking at ways that we can improve the life of our seniors and people with disabilities. And we have representatives, uh, John McDonald is going to be part of our program, who's been on this show many times with me. And a couple of other senators, Sue Sereno and uh, uh, Assemblyman Kim, who's uh, head of the Assembly Aging Committee, Greg Olson, who's going to be a guest here next week, and Becky Prevey, who's going to be a guest here next week, are both part of the day. And Greg is the head of the New York State Office for Aging. Adam Herbst from the New York State Department of Health. So we do a full day. And the Elder Law Forum is May 19th. It's live at the Desmond. It's geared for professionals, but if you have a deep interest in healthcare and long-term care. We welcome everyone and you can sh- come live. It's free, sponsored by a number of different sponsors. And it's no cost to you and it's 8:30 to 3 on the 19th of May at the Desmond Americana. So you can come to the Desmond or if you want to view it by video, you can view it virtually. We're going to be broadcasting it as well. You can always sign up for our events at pierolaw.com. And we're going to bring you today a little foreshadowing of what's going to be happening, The taste, because we have a panel that is geared to talk about innovation in healthcare and long-term care. And we have two very special guests with us today. One of them has been a guest on the show a few times before. He's the CEO of UCM Digital Health, and that's Keith Algazin. Good morning, Keith. Hey, good morning, Lou. And our other special guest is someone who is coming new to the area, and he is the new marketing director of CDPHP, Nick Kraft. Good morning, Nick.
3: Hey, Lou. Good morning. How are
2: you? I'm doing great. So we've put together for you folks a little of the panel. Uh, Three out of the four panelists are here today. The other one will be with us next week, Becky, and myself. I am moderating the panel. But this is designed to talk about things that are changing in healthcare and long-term care things that are being innovated. So we have one of the payors for healthcare and increasingly long-term care in CDPHP. And Nick will talk a little bit about the programs that CDPHP has and how they're evolving. We have a provider of some of those services, telemedicine, due to the pandemic has become such an integral part of healthcare today, getting care in your own home by a qualified physician and avoiding hospitalizations and other, ho- other medical visits. Keith's company, UCM Digital Health, provides telemedicine. Keith will tell you all about that. And Bob, Vandy, who you know well if you're a listener of the show, deals in insurance and long-term care insurance and life insurance that pay for the health care that becomes long-term care. And we're going to talk about that that imaginary line between health care and long-term care and where the dollars come from to pay for care. So since Nick is new to the show, and, and he's coming into the area. I'm going to give him first shot to talk a little bit about his company and his new position and things that are going on in the health insurance world.
3: Yeah, Lou, uh, like I said, it's, it's wonderful to be here this morning and have an opportunity to, uh, you know, talk talk about such an important subject. And, uh, you know, that's really about, uh, you know, how our c- seniors, right, the, some of the you know, people who've given so much uh, to our communities and really focus in on how they can age gracefully um, into retirement. And, you know, just a little bit of my background is I just joined CDPHP about three months ago as the chief sales and marketing officer. Um, and I'm really excited. I'm moving up with my family to relocate uh, uh, to the capital district. Uh, I'm originally from the Hudson Valley and um, and really excited and what what and has a great reputation in the capital district as as they should over you know the last 30 plus years uh, as you know a, a health insurance plan that really looks at things differently and and you know for us you know we we're, we're, we're you know, we're run by physicians and and when we make decisions at CDPHP, we're physicians making those decisions. So that's really what's based on what's best for the the patient, you know, whether it's their employees, the well-being, the, you know, the Medicare member. And, you know, that resonates down to 1200 locally based employees here in the capital district that are committed to improving and serving our community. Um, And that commitment has really been evident in you know, awards and recognitions, but it's more importantly put into practice every day. Um, And and so that culture, being a nonprofit, it's really, you know, kind of, you know, what we do for our members on an everyday basis, it's integrated everything we do. Um, And that's really why I joined CDPHP. But the other thing that got me excited, I think what's really pertinent to this conversation today is kind of where CDPHP is going, those strong roots that I was just talking about, it's just one piece of the story. And the other one is CDVHP is an integrated model, and it's really leading our market in, you know, quality and satisfaction rates. And we're beginning to see, uh, you know, what does that mean to unlock the right incentive and alignment that will lead to lower costs, better data integration, and make it easier to get care within the delivery system? Mm -hmm. And that includes the home. And, uh, you know, know, I think one big move for us in the past year has been our partnership with uh, CCP. and then also you know, how we look at our enhanced primary care model. And that's really the goal if that is to catch conditions before they start, right? Or to work on conditions in real time. Today, uh, a senior could live with a chronic condition now for 10, fifteen, 20 years, and how you partner with them for the long term, not just at, at an episode, but you know for the entire life cycle, of you know that member having you know diabetes for instance is really really critical in, in the way that we view the uh how being a true integrated model uh, needs to form and and so you know we're starting to see that in the you know leading the way from cms right where they're starting yeah. to move so just for to our audiences, model.
2: Uh, yeah. those that are not healthcare experts cms is the center for medicare and medicaid services and that's what governs health policy in Washington, D.C. So many people that's turn right. 65, they will get Medicare. They may have Medicare supplement. They may have a Medicare Advantage plan, all things that CDPHP is deeply involved in. Medicaid is the other side of the coin. And there are lo- managed long-term care companies administering the Medicaid program, also something I think you're involved with. So CMS is a very important yep. organization. And and this gets to what I see as a seismic shift in healthcare from- a fee for service model where healthcare providers got paid based upon the number of treatments, the number of surgeries, the number of episodes that they had to a model where healthcare providers are getting paid for things not to happen, which is a major change. And I think that's kind of where you're, where you're coming from. in in this innovation, it's, that's fueling a lot of that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And CDPHP is really leading the way um, in that today. So, you know, we know that as you start to break healthcare up, right, into you know different areas to get care, and so one of those being the home, you have to coordinate uh, a lot more closely than you used to through care management, through technology, um, the ability to keep that member in the home, right, to get services in the home, and I, I think that's really, really critical. But I think the pandemic. Uh, coming out of the pandemic, as we look back at it um, over the last two years, has really changed the way the consumer is looking to get their health care. No longer do they want to go into an institution. They're looking to age in place. Mm-hmm. And you, you couple with that, uh, coming out of the pandemic, with demographic shifts as baby boomers age in. So I think baby boomers right now are 56 to about 76. Um, most healthcare, and you guys keep me honest on this, it, or home care, excuse me is utilized after they're 75. So we're right on the cusp of the baby boomers really starting to use home care. Yeah, they're and the caregivers today. It, the baby boomers are,
2: are same, in, same. in most cases, the caregivers for the aging parent who's now 78, 88, 98, 102. Um, and, and the caregivers are coming through and looking at this system and saying, there's got to be a better way. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to go yeah. through what my parents are going through in the health care system. That's right.
3: And they, they want care to be personalized. They want care to be delivered where they want it delivered, and that's in the home. And um, to your point, they have seen what their parents have gone through and they're looking at it in a different way. And so that's where that incentive and alignment becomes so important, mm-hmm. is how can you shift the care into the home? Technology is a big piece of that. That care management that I was just talking about is a huge piece of that. Um, and that's happening today. And the Medicare program is really leading the way. Yeah, um, we have a a, a five star Medicare program here in, in the Capital District, which is based off the of quality. And one of the key new benefits that we have is is in home companionship through uh, a company called Papa Pals, where we can literally help with transportation to the grocery store, but also just chat, play board games, uh, you know, do light cleaning, meal prep, so that foundational shift is underway and it's just getting started.
2: Yeah. And we're going to transition now, I think, to a critical component of this and that is telemedicine and telemedicine has really boomed through the pandemic. People want to get treated outside of an institution. As you said, they want to be in their own home. They want to get care in their own home and that now has become ingrained in the Medicare, Medicaid systems and, we're going to tease this because we have to take a short break, but when we come back, Keith Algazine, the CEO of UCM Digital Health, is going to talk about how telemedicine has really revolutionized healthcare. And this is Life Happens, every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. right here on WGY. We'll be right back after this short break. I'm Aaron Connor, Managing Partner at Pierre O'Connor & Strauss. New York's Medicaid laws are changing in 2022, which will drastically limit access to home care benefits. So if you or
3: a loved one has a chronic health condition or disability, the need to plan is critical. Most of our clients want to get care in
2: the comfort of their home, not the nursing home. But the clock is ticking. Protect your life savings and qualify for Medicaid before the new rules take effect. Call us at 518-459-2100 for a free consultation.
4: Hello, Life Happens listeners. We host events for you. Join us for a free workshop, seminar, or
3: online webinar. Sign up to learn more at pierolaw.com slash events.
5: That's P-I-E-R-R-O law.com slash events
2: We are back to life happens and life happens every day. It happens to all of us at some point and life twists and turns and a lot of things happen to us that involve our health and healthcare and getting healthcare is critical to our needs to successful aging. We want to be as healthy as possible, as well as possible, but when things happen, you need to have an ability to triage that and intervene and get the help that you need. Um, I've talked about my own personal experiences in the healthcare system, which have turned out so far positive. Uh, and I am a CDPHP uh, customer. We've had CDPHP as our law firm's policy for 20 years or so. And it, we're all very satisfied, Nick. So we'll, we'll give you that endorsement right here on the radio. It's um, <laughs> wonderful to hear. And we're having this Elder Law Forum. And it's, it's beyond Elder Law, it's grown. I should probably rename it at this point. It's 27 years of public policy and real traction and innovation and how to get financing and provision of care and all of the stars aligned for people, as you said, who want to be more independent, who want to get care in their homes. So May 19th, this panel, the the four of us here today, Bob Vandy, um, Nick, and my next guest, Keith Algazine, are going to be talking about this innovation. You can join us on May 19th. Just go to pirolaw.com. But for now... Let's get the skinny on telemedicine from Keith. And, Keith, your company has just taken off. Tell us a little bit about UCM Digital Health and the things that you're doing now in the healthcare marketplace.
5: Yeah, thanks, Lou. Yeah, it's fascinating, right? So there's a couple of unique things about UCM. One, being a a startup, a lot of people don't realize what that really sort of means is you pick your North Star, um, and for us, that is the patient. We, we are unapologetically dedicated to patients. And once you pick your North Star, you're really sort of constantly in a state of iteration, right? You, you, you launch something, you do something, then you learn from it. Then you measure the results, and then you, you, you change them a little bit and tweak them, and then you learn more, and you do more, and you do more, and you do more. So, you know, telemedicine originally, and we started six years ago, was, simply about you know sort of you know getting a patient an urgent care type visit um, so they maybe wouldn't have to run to, to the ER or the urgent care and we could solve that via phone or video or chat yeah. but really what 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 we have sort of learned that our patients want and need is really this this whole person care right what they're really looking for is you know they want that affordable personalized, quality care to be consistent and accessible all the time and that takes multiple stakeholders right and mm-hmm. it takes bringing people together so at UCM really what we're, we're doing now is using our our telehealth technology using our providers ER docs PAs, ER nurses paramedics care coordinators mean just a whole team of people and then we're we're, we're taking that and we're going out and filling gaps in the healthcare system. So really the, the right term for what we do today is probably closer to digitally integrated whole person care. And, you know, because no one company can do anything, I don't care whether you're a payer like CDPHP or even a massive provider like, like in our region, like Albany Med or St. Peter's, um, in order to really deliver that whole person care, it needs to be integrated um, and it needs to be done through partnerships and collaboration. So a lot of what we're doing today, for example, is may start out with a simple telehealth visit or or start out on a platform, but then we may engage with primary care providers. We may hand off our care to a a paramedic who can go in the home and do do, do more work than we could do telemedicine-wise and we could give IV medications and evaluation. And then how do we bring that all back together um, the next time they, they do have a more serious problem. So they love us and they're aware that we're here and that we can again hook in that whole healthcare ecosystem. So the exciting stuff that's happening is really going from, I would call it point solutions in the market um, that, that patients like, but, but they don't really connect to, mm-hmm. to their whole healthcare. And, and using our, our technology and our people to, to integrate into the entire healthcare system. And that's where the magic happens for the patient.
2: And one of the things that I like to cite about UCM Digital Health, because I talk about you guys all the time, is the response time and the difference between a traditional 911 call, which you then get an EMS, and that they come to the home, they may spend some time at the home, there's travel time, there's time at the home, they then transport to a hospital. And the reports that we're getting from the EMS services is that they don't get right in to the emergency room. They're they're having to wait. COVID has something to do with that. But the ERs are short of staff, so they don't have beds available. So the ambulances are sitting outside the emergency room waiting to bring people in to get them a bed. And they're offline as, as that episode happens. So it may be three, four, five, eight hours before you get in and get seen by a physician. What's the average response time, Keith? from a UCM ER physician.
5: Yeah, it's within minutes, Lou. Uh, And you point out a really, really important concept, right? So all of this stuff that we talk about, none of it matters if you can't have consistent, fast access to the first step in care. So a lot of what we talk about at UCM is being really, really good at being that digital first. So to be a digital first, you've got to be really, really quick. That's obvious. Within minutes, you just pointed it out. But you also have to have the right team in place, and you have to have the right ecosystem and integrations in place. So when that patient accesses you, you have the greatest chance to solve their problem, right? I always give the example. Just, I mean, we're all patients, right? We're talking here as experts, but we're all patients. We all have loved ones who are patients. What you really want right now, if you're sick, if you're injured, if you're worried, if you have a question, if you're just not sure about you or a loved one's health, you want immediate access to the best chance at solving your problem with the least friction. So if you can just solve it with a quick phone call, that's what you'd love to do. If it needs a video, then go ahead and do that. If it needs somebody to show up in your home, you know, an hour or two later, then let's do that. If it needs initial treatment and labs and x-rays and follow up with your primary care doctor, then we'll do that. But it's that immediate access combined with the expertise to give you the best chance at solving your problem with the least friction. That's what the patients really want
2: and need. And the the response time that I quote is seven minutes. That's what you publish on your website. So that's what I quote. Yes. But if you can get think about this, folks, if you're at home, and and you have an issue, whether someone falls, or or someone has uh, an episode where they're not doing well, they're they're dizzy, they're they're having issues, their memory is lapsing. You know, when you're when you're a senior, you start thinking about things like TIAs and you know UTIs and a lot of different. Different acronyms, sure. but what's causing that? You don't necessarily want to sit for eight hours in an emergency room. You want to talk to somebody to help triage that problem. So, how does that process work, where someone who is having that episode or the caregiver accesses you and and gets that consultation?
5: Yeah, I mean, our model um, because patients really are they're not they're not homogeneous, right? I mean, you've got you know. You'd be amazed. There's 80 year olds who are more tech savvy than than me and you, Lou. And there are you know 18 year olds who still just want to pick up and dial a phone. So you can use sort of populations to, to and we could all we all know sort of these these ranges of what we think. But the reality is you have to be available in a multimodal approach because patients are heterogeneous. Uh, so for example, us, you can dial up our 1-800 number. You can log on through our own um, UCM Digital Health SAM app. Um, You can get to us through many of our partners, like CDPHP, uh, like MVP, like you know stewards, and many many employers who um, have our services. You can also potentially, if you're in the Capital Region, for example, or Lower Hudson Valley, where we have 911 and EMS partnerships today in New York State, you can call 911 and an ambulance might show up, and when they get there, they might realize that this isn't necessary to go to the ER, and they may contact us, and there's a three-way conversation.
2: And that's a great um, You
5: may even call your primary care doctor who needs us. Yeah, so there's lots of ways, lots of ways, Lou, that you can get in
2: touch with us. So let's bring Nick back in, because CDPHP and, and UCM did a study about three years ago and showed the efficacy, that's a big word, but showed the results of how this can reduce overall healthcare costs and hospital admissions, and now, Nick's you're partnering with UCM. They're part of your insurance platform.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's you know uh, the critical piece, right? Is it, how do you start to connect all of those different pieces um, it, on behalf of the member um, and. and You know the the idea of that holistic care at any point during the members uh, um, journey uh, with whatever they're going through at that moment and having that connection and helping them with whatever the next best step is is what's really critical to drive better outcomes at a better cost and i think partnerships just like this that we're talking about today are going to be so critical As you begin to unlock the value of technology, and we're really starting to see that for the first time pay dividends. And it's a really, really exciting moment uh, for us in, uh, you know, who who think deeply about uh, how we can deliver the best care to the patient, to the member, um, to, to be
2: working through this. The American healthcare system has been evolved with hospitals at the hub. Everything ran through the hospital, the services, communities, Uh, gathered around the hospital and used them as the primary care center. But that is shifting away from the hospital into the home. One of the issues that you face when you're at home is how do you get home health care? How do you get an aid to come into the home? Where do you find them? How do you pay for them? And this is where we have the divergence between Medicare, Medicaid, and the health care versus long-term care system. We're going to take a short break for the news. When we come back, Bob Vandy is going to talk about true long-term care financing so that when you need a home health aide, you've got the money to pay them because that's a competitive market right now. You're listening to Life Happens. Stay with us for the second half. We'll be back after the news. Welcome back to Life Happens. I'm Lou Piro, your host for this morning. We have live in studio with us Mr. Robert Bandy, the president of Advisors Insurance Brokers. First half of the show, we had Keith Algazine, the CEO of UCM Digital Health, providing telemedicine services to a number of different groups, including the insureds at CDPHP. And we have with us today Nick Kraft, the marketing director of CDPHP, who's still on the line with us. Keith had to drop off. But we're going to turn now and and we're going to kind of go back and forth between Keith and Bob because we're both talking about insurance. Your CDPHP is health insurance, Medicare, Medicaid, private health insurance, and Bob deals in life insurance and long-term care insurance. And Bob, why is there a line between the two? Well, it's a loaded question, isn't it, Lou? It I mean, is indeed. It, 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 That's why it, I asked. Yeah,
1: I mean, uh, the, probably the best answer uh, would be, I wish there wasn't, but there is. And it, and it's a, a point of confusion, quite frankly, something that we talk about regularly on the program and, and even offline. And it, whether it's right or wrong that there is a line, there is a line. And it basically is a line that says that when you've reached a point, it, it's that difference between what I'll call acute care and chronic care. I think that's the kind of the cleanest way I like to look at it. Mm -hmm. In other words, at what point do you reach a point where the care that you're receiving is not necessarily helping you rehabilitate or get better or improve, and you're really dealing with more of a chronic condition that's bound to be with you, you're okay. You can still maintain on a go-forward basis. And there's that imaginary line that you mentioned that really... Step into the world of power,
2: loyalty,
1: comes into a distinction right then and there. So as it relates to insurance, the acute care that you're receiving, that care to help rehabilitate, get me better, not so much maintain but improve my situation, that's where the health insurance is. So that's where –
2: Including now things like telemedicine and other
1: innovations where you're getting a doctor
2: into your home using a video or a telephone call and you're getting advice there. But what about that home health aid that's necessary to help me get dressed in the morning – get my breakfast, get me started my day, maybe not 24-7, but I need them in the morning. I need them at night. And it's at eight hours, 10 hours of care. I know because I do elder law and I have clients that come in to me that they're paying $25 to $30 an hour mm-hmm. for that care. So that's $300 a day mm-hmm. potentially, and potentially much more than that. If you need 24-7 care, not many people can afford that.
1: Sure. And that's that's the, the imaginary line, once again, is where the health insurance is going to stop paying. In other words, the health insurance typically is not going to pay for that kind of care you described. Have that home health aide come in uh, and provide those kinds of services, whether they're formal or informal services. And that's going to be the topic of our, our session that we're going to do on the 19th, in fact, as a group, is really the innovations. Now, it's easy to point a finger at the innovation that Nick brings to the table and that Keith brings to the table um, and that Becky brings to the table when we uh, have the opportunity to hear from her. When it comes to insurance and long-term care insurance in particular, we look at it and say, well, okay, where does where does the insurance, the long-term care insurance, play a role in that innovation? And we've seen it evolve over time. Is I keep using that word evolve, and I, I have to take a minute, by the way, and I – and, and give you a tip of the cap because this is the 27th annual. Mm. Don't re, don't rename it. It's, it's habit <laughs> forming at this point. And yeah. having had the privilege to be a part of that program for a number of years now, probably 27, probably close to it. And and it's but nobody does a program like you guys do. It, you. it is a terrific program, and and others have modeled similar programs as I know. So uh, congratulations for yet another year. I just I, I digress,
2: I, but just for those that are listening that are interested in this topic, it's a fantastic day three legislators two of the administrators of the state agencies involved in this private insurers um, and uh, providers home health care providers will be there so if you want to go go to pirolaw.com it's p i e r r o l a w. go to the events tab it's free of charge you can join us at the desmond you'll get a free lunch or you can join us via the web and uh, we encourage you we have about 800 people signed up so far and we have room for more so we'd love to have you at the table if you want to join us, and we're going to be dissecting all of these issues that pertain to you, health care, long-term care. And, Bob, where does the money come from when it's not coming from Medicare, it's not coming from private health insurance? Where does the money come from to provide that hands-on care in the home?
1: Well, I think if you want to look at it in a, a, a sort of a 10,000-foot view uh, way of looking at it, Lou, there really only are a couple of places that it's going to come from. The couple of buckets that we like to talk about, the public bucket and the private bucket, if you will. So from a public bucket standpoint, um, on a limited basis, Medicare or, you know, whether it's an advantage plan or traditional Medicare, you know, they'll pay up to a certain point, but they're going to reach that imaginary line. Medicaid is obviously very different. You know, you can have Medicaid be paying for acute care services and then also for long-term or chronic or extended care services. It
2: has, unfortunately... Because it's a means-tested program. You mm-hmm. can only have a total of $16,800
1: right. into your name to get Medicaid.
2: That's the bad news. That's the bad news. Good news is we can help get you to that sixteen eight without spending it all. Yeah. There's planning that can be done. But to be a Medicaid person, you go on Medicaid, and then you're going through the Medicaid portal, manage long-term care and other programs for home health care mm-hmm. and nursing home care. What's happening, and we we have this with many of our clients, is they have some funding source. We've gotten them on Medicaid. They have a private long-term care insurance policy. They're calling up home health agencies, every agency in their area, and there are no aides. Mm-hmm. The cupboard is bare mm-hmm. when they're looking for home health aides. They've become like unicorns. And there is now wage pressure. And people who won't work for an agency for $14 or $15 an hour will work off the books for 20 or $25. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and you see a lot of that. Not good because it's unregulated and you're at a lot of risk. We counsel our clients on the risks of hiring off book, but the products that are out there, Medicaid, many cases can't be staffed because the Medicaid reimbursements can't produce an aid within the realm of Medicaid reimbursements. What other types of private financing insurance policies are out there?
1: Well, there's the private bucket, right? The private bucket is basically going to consist of your own funds, dollar-for-dollar dollar basis. Here you go. Write a check. And just, folks, so you know, I have a client. I have actually two or
2: three clients right now, three clients, that are paying privately for 24-7 home health care through an agency. Guess what they're spending on an annual basis for 24-7 home health care, no other expense, just the home health aides, $260,000 per year. Mm. They have the money to do it. They're wealthy people, mm-hmm. and they're hiring, and they're finding aids because if you pay 30 bucks an hour, you're going to find someone. If you pay $15, they are going to go flip a burger at McDonald's. Yeah. So paying for that is an enormous burden.
1: It is, and, and it, that's one of the evolutions that we've seen, right? Because the, if we were having this conversation 10, 15, 20 years ago, this issue of care rationing or this issue of not having enough AIDS, we were having a different conversation back then. It was yeah. not as prevalent or pro- prominent as it is now, but it has become a reality. And the, the reality also is that a lot of the historic long term care policies, the traditional long term care policies, pay their benefits on what's known as a reimbursement basis, mm-hmm. which is all well and good when it's all well and good. You know, if, you, if you're able to find that aid, the good news is when your private pay and you can pay the $20 or $25 an hour, either out of pocket or from your long-term care insurance policy, you've moved up in the food chain and the priority scale to be able to secure that aid coming into your home as opposed to the more difficult situation you described with Medicaid. So that's the good news. The bad news potentially is, you know, can I even get that care at all? In a lot of the rural areas um, in New York State, and I get this from you, you you realize this and see this more than I do because the nature of what your firm does. But we have some difficulty where, because of that fact that the wages are what they are, you toss in inflation, in particular gas cost, and aid has to look at that and weigh that. Is it worth me to travel 80 miles to go provide care for a few hours for someone and have to pay to put the gas in my car to go there and back and so forth? So there are some shortages, as you described, in terms of that challenge. The pandemic has taken a lot
2: of people out of the workforce. People were, quite frankly, afraid to go into homes. Yeah. During the pandemic, so a lot of people backed up and and didn't go back to work, plus the demographics, and and there are studies galore. We have one in our office that we use quite frequently. The statistic is by 2100, now that's way down the road, but by 2100, of every 100 people in the United States, 77 of them will either be over 65 or under 15. That's an interesting number. So that leaves 23 people out of 100 to provide every Mm. service and fill every job Mm. in the country.
1: Then that's that tendency we've been seeing. I mean, that's that's emblematic of what we've seen with Social Security and yes. and that whole, you know, how many people paid into the system versus were receiving benefits. And yes. it used to be a bunch of people paying in with just a few people taking out. It's not that way anymore. So that's an interesting demographic shift. I hadn't heard that. But what we're seeing now, at least in the evolution of the insurance policies, is that the point being, reimbursement works fine, you know, when you've got that care available. If it's in an institution, if it's in an assisted living facility, and you've got care providers coming into that facility, yeah. and you've got the home care availability, works no fine harm, for, no foul. Works fine. Or, for works fine. And but for people want to stay they do. home. You bet they do. You bet they do. Been going through it uh, myself with uh, my wife's parents here for uh, quite some time, so seen it up close and personal. The evolution in the policies is that more and more now what we're starting to see here in recent years is policies that have a little bit different methodology in terms of how they pay their benefits. They pay it on what's known as an indemnity or cash basis, which means I still have to go through the same gates to qualify for the benefit, but the manner in which the benefit is paid, it's not so much reimbursement where I have to incur an approved expense, something that qualifies under the policy and get reimbursed for it or have that reimbursement reallocated to the care provider, if you will, which happens all the time. Mm But now I just get cash. So on a typically on a monthly basis, you know, maybe I get that check for six or eight or ten or twelve thousand dollars, and what I do with that money is completely up to me. So being able to move further up that food chain I described or that priority scale that I described, now it's even easier for me because if I have to, maybe I can pay thirty dollars an hour or thirty-five dollars an hour. I hate to put it in such harsh terms, but who do you think is going to get care first? Right. I can also put the ramp in. I can modify the bathroom, make it wheelchair
2: accessible. I can use the money for virtually anything. I have a hat in my office that says cash is king yep. I that remember. I got at a golf outing yep. sponsored by advisors, insurance brokers, I your company. It. And that was from a metamerica product yep. called Simplicity. And our good friend, Gail Halabinka, who was the designer of that product, yep. and Simplicity was a full indemnity plan. It pays cash. And the, the imagery, think about this, the imagery of their brochure, because I had it sitting on my desk. I'd never pulled the trigger on it, but I had it sitting on my desk was a mailbox with the flag up. You've got mail. And guess what the mail is? It's a check. It's a check. On the first of the month for $10,000 tax-free. What a country. If you have that policy and you need care, guess what, folks? You're going to get it. So I've been a hammer for indemnity benefits for 25 years. I Uh, I was kind of spitting in the wind for a long time in the industry
1: because no company wanted to write indemnity because it's more expensive to write. Sure. Yep. As our good friend Phil Gallant used to say, get sick, get checked. Yeah. And it was he used to use that when he was doing training and whatnot. And I'll remember that to this day, I think, to flash forward a little bit, because I know we need to take another break, but to flash forward to May 19th. And the work that uh, Nick and Keith and Becky are doing, and and in particular, you know, when you look at what Keith is doing with his digital delivery, if you will, and and the telemedicine that you're uh, alluding to, when you have that indemnity or cash-based model, it frees up yet more dollars to be able to pay for those types of services on an extended basis. So, depending on the payment methodology and the nature under which I'm receiving that care from an acute standpoint, you know, when I go through the gate of chronic or extended care, to the extent similar services are still valid and available to me to be able to pay for those types of services and things that we haven't even thought about yet yeah. is, is just key. It's just so valuable. Absolutely. And there are a lot of a lot of different plans today that have evolved into paying their benefits on that basis.
2: So you have healthcare on the left, healthcare on the right, you have CDPHP, and Nick Kraft is going to talk. And when we come back about how healthcare, Medicare, Medicare Advantage plans are coming towards that line of long-term care and how. On the right, you have long-term care and how those indemnity benefits supplement what that Medicare Advantage plan can pay for. Because, folks, this is your future. And when you start looking at retirement planning and you look at health care and health care planning, you need to know what benefits you're going to have and what rights you have to those benefits. So we're going to come back and break all of that down in the last segment of the show. So stay with us. Bob Vandy, Nick Kraft. I'm Lou Pirro, your host for this morning. You're listening to Life Happens Radio every Saturday morning at 11 on Talk Radio WGY. We'll be right back. Do you have a plan for your family's future? Have you made your wishes clear so your children and grandchildren won't inherit a legal mess? You want a firm that will assess your goals, create the trusts, wills, and documents you need, and be there when the going gets tough. With our attorney's combined legal experience of over 280 years, along with seasoned staff, our clients choose this team at Pierre O'Connor and Strauss. Proper planning is essential. We make sure no detail is overlooked. Life happens. Are you prepared?
3: Life Happens listeners, we want to hear from you. Tell us topics you want to hear about and email your questions to info at lifehappensradio.net. And for more Life Happens Radio
5: updates, follow us on Facebook.
2: host for this morning, in studio with Bob Vandy. We have Nick Kraft from Capital District Physicians Health Plan, or CDPHP, on with us. Uh, We're talking about the panel that we are all part of on May 19th at the 27th Annual Elder Law Forum. If you'd like more information on the forum or you'd like to sign up, you can come join us at the Desmond on the 19th of May, or you can join and and watch us virtually. Either way, you can sign up at pierolaw.com. I just want to also point out that we have an Trust Workshop for our clients quarterly, and our Trust Administration Workshop happens to be May 10th, this Tuesday, from 12 to 1.30. That's at Trusco Bank Metro Park Center. So if you're interested in trusts and how they work from the inside, we talk about tax, trust law, probate, all of the things that you need to know about trusts and how they operate. You can join us 12 to 1.30 this Tuesday, May 10th. And again, go to pirolaw.com to sign up. So, Nick, thanks for staying with us. And I want to kind of wade back over into the Medicare, Medicare Advantage water. And you heard Bob Spiel on long-term care insurance. We now see Medicare sure. Advantage creeping into the long-term care world. And, and just talk about the innovations that are going on there.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And that, We talked a little bit earlier in, in the hour about how Medicare is really leading the way uh, from an innovative standpoint and changing the alignment from just an episodic payment to more of continuous care, beginning to look at how do you take care of that member holistically, um, that keep brought up. And that's a, a really important change. It's a change that's gonna take time, but we're already starting to see it uh, within the benefit structure that Medicare provides. So Medicare Advantage um, is a, a product line that includes the, the Medicare Part A, Part B, and Part D. And what that allows uh, a health insurance plan like CDPHP to do is to add extra benefits to begin to um, really take that view of how do we help those members. Um, And, you know, that alignment that the incentive model from a fee-for-service to a more capitated model is really where we're going to see that innovation thrive and it's, it's an extremely exciting moment to you know for a senior who's looking for what's the right plan for me or what how do I begin to make sure that I can stay in my home and that's about finding the quality the cost and making sure that they're connected to the delivery system so that when I need help when I need care I can easily do so and I think that you know Medicare can be really confusing In healthcare. Our delivery system is confusing. Oh, yeah. and so it's really important to understand really all of the things that we're talking about when we're, when we're talking about changes and shifts that you're finding that, you know, a quality plan and partner. And I, I think that, you know, the, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, the centers for Medicare and Medicaid services, which we were talking about earlier began to allow, uh, added benefits to the, the Medicare plan that, um, you know, could come in and make modifications to your home so that, you know, to reduce the fall risk so you didn't have to go into the hospital, but also uh, began to allow uh, things like uh, food delivery or over-the-counter drugs to help supplement some costs so that you're not skipping on, um, you know, getting your drugs filled because yeah. a lot of times seniors are on a fixed income and budget. Uh, or today, you know, I, I mentioned this earlier, uh, you know, allowing for um, companion care to come in, and that's one of the benefits that CDPHP offers. And so, you're starting to see this evolution from that episode and fee for service to elongating that out, so that we're staying with members throughout their chronic conditions and helping them and supporting them holistically. And you know, ultimately, what what a senior wants to do is have more Sunday dinners with their families. And I think that at CDPHP, we're working to unlock to make sure that that value is is seen and that you can have more Sunday dinner. So you can go around the table and laugh another time and and stay in the home. And that's really, really powerful. And the way that, you know, I think that is a key for CMS is, you know, as they're starting to to make that change, they're looking at how do we rate plants, right? And they'll do that on a a five scale uh, rating and the highest quality plans are rated a five. And if you're rated a five-star plan, Uh, and you have that high quality, you can enroll at any time. Um, And so they really are saying the plans that understand how to help the member with the greatest quality of care, to help them navigate through that delivery system with their care management, um, they're the ones that are going to be rewarded because we know that's where the better outcomes are the savings are for the seniors. And and so, you know, I'm really proud to say that CDPHP is a five-star plan for our HMO and PPO products. And so, you know, seniors can enroll any time of year with CDPHP. Mm -hmm. And that's just a tremendous value to, uh, you know, to a a member at any time of year and something that's very unique in this market.
2: Absolutely. And when we look at the overall healthcare marketplace, and and people don't even understand that long-term care got stripped out. Back around 1997, it got taken out when they ba- actually balanced the federal budget that year. Uh, President Clinton and Newt Gingrich worked together, and part of that was they cut Medicare expenses because they took away, they used to get 35 hours a week of home health aids through Medicare. That got taken out. But what's happened, and you're right, there is a sea change. We have, uh, I've been part of a pilot program, and Becky Prevy, who's the head of the area agencies on aging, is going to be with us next week, along with Greg Olson, the director of the state office for aging, and they're going to talk about a pilot program that Becky's uh, chairing that I'm part of. And I'm, we're, we're really proud of this pilot because it's pulling together the hospitals, the doctors, the emergency medical services, UCM Digital Health, Keys Group is part of that. But there's also, and, and this really is an emanation from the Elder Law Forum, uh, the development of an app that is integrating all of these services into the home. And many of the things you were just talking about, the technical term or the term of art is social determinants of health. And that didn't used to be part of the healthcare system, but that's really what a lot of the movement is towards because from the Affordable Care Act and the value-based billing payment system, the health plans, the risk managers like yourself, like CDPHP, are paying those providers to prevent episodes of acute care and to prevent hospital readmissions and admissions. And in order to do that, it works for the patient's benefit because you have to promote wellness and the management of those chronic conditions. So, we're finally, I think, aligned where the payment methodologies and the needs of the patient are coming together. And it's that money stream that really is driving this.
3: That's, that's 100% right. It, it's for the first time, we're starting to see the alignment come together where you can now be able to, to bucket those social determinants of health within the healthcare um, spend, you can get the, the after an episode. Right. And I think one thing we've been talking about is the care in the home. And there'll be times when a hospital an a quality hospital like Albany Med is, uh, necessary, right. Within mm-hmm. that care continuum. But what's just as important is what happens after, right? How do you get that member from a hospital, uh, to the home? Right. And, and how do you set them up for success? and ensuring that they're able to bounce back and get back to their lives, whether you're a senior or not, I think that's another critical component. And so for the first time where we're not just paying for episodes, we're paying for the entire holistic care Mm -hmm. of that member to see them preventing them from going to the hospital. When something does happen, they do have to go into the hospital, making sure that they don't return, right, they don't get readmitted to the hospital is just as critical, and that they're out there going to have and live healthier lives again, and, and are productive back in, in into the community. And and so there is that is the biggest shift that I've seen um, since I've been in healthcare, and it is an incredible thing to watch, and that's really being driven in that Medicare program. It is. and. It's not to say that we're not looking at, you know, you're not looking at value-based care everywhere. You are, right? You know, you're looking at how you can take more of a capitated risk in the commercial side, on the Medicaid side. But if you want to follow the money where the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services are driving the ship, it's within that. It's changing the way that that alignment can happen. And we're going to see over the next couple of years that promise be realized, and it's going to reduce the amount of. Uh, unnecessary spend procedures and lead to better healthier seniors who can live in their homes. And that's what we've been talking about all today is that's where they want to be. And that's happening. And that's really, really um, a powerful thing as you age.
2: It is. So the pilot is called Everhome Columbia Inc. And if you want to learn more about the pilot program and the innovation and the app that's tying what's what we call remote patient monitoring, when they leave the hospital, they need to have their heart checked, their lungs checked, whatever their condition is, it ties together and it feeds through to an app that lives on the caregiver's cell phone. So a child, I'm a caregiver, I've been a caregiver four times, the family members can now participate, get real-time data, know what's going on, be able to communicate effectively with the healthcare providers, and have all the data shared so everyone's on the same page and talking the same language. And this is a revolution in healthcare, so our innovation panel on may 19th bob vandy long-term care insurance the indemnity benefit plays right into this because all of those needs in the home Mm -hmm. whatever it is not covered by medicare medicare advantage that indemnity plan can pay for
1: you bet and that's the intention of it and and the good news is i i would say lou that the products that are being introduced and that have been introduced in recent years the last oh i'd say five or six years in particular um i don't want to say almost exclusively, but I'll say almost exclusively, have cash or indemnity as their payment methodology. And they're, you get into subtle distinctions of whether it's called a long-term care rider or a chronic illness rider on some of these types of policies where they combine a life insurance death benefit and a long-term care benefit. But the long and short of it is more flexible payment methodology than ever. And that plays right into the, the whole innovation part and really the integration of all this. Because my observation is you just don't realize until you're into this in the system.
2: Okay, we're under a minute, but Nick, I want to welcome you to the Capital District. Welcome your family to the Capital District, and it sounds like you're going to be a great addition to CDPHP.
3: Yeah, this was so much fun, and can't thank you guys enough for uh, allowing me to come onto the program and talk a little bit about it. I'm looking forward to, um, and, you know, coming on and, and being a part of that panel at the Elder Law. Event And it'll just be a wonderful day. So thank you so much,
2: Luke. It is a sizzling day. The presentations, <laughs> the audience, the interaction, the participation. Come join us. If it's you're sizzling. interested in healthcare, long-term care, and you want to really get deeply into it, especially for New York State, join us at the Elder Law Forum on May 19th. You can sign up at PuroLaw.com and join us every Saturday morning on Talk Radio WGY for Life Happens Radio. We we are so appreciative of all of our listeners Thank you for joining us. See you next week. Happy
1: birthday. <laughs> You've been listening to Life Happens Radio with Pierre O'Connor and Strauss. For more information or to contact Pierre O'Connor and Strauss, visit purolaw.com or call 518-459-2100. Please join us again next week for Life Happens on News Radio 810 and 103.1 WGY.